Ladies and gentlemen, John Massino and Jose Mourinho, welcome to Worldy. Andreas Robertoson. Hello. Welcome back on the pod. Are you well? I'm very, very well. How are you doing? Uh, Do you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay. You know what? This season, although it has started reasonably well for Reading, it feels like a slow start because I just haven't been quite as engaged with the football as perhaps I was last year. Do you know what? It's really weird actually because we've uh, we've now at Oxford, I know what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games down including cup competitions, yeah. not including the trophy obviously. Um, <laughs> and I've seen three. I was Ooh. on holiday for all of the home games yeah. um, and I went, so I've seen two home games in the league, no, sorry, two cup games in the yeah. league at home. Um, one league game. There's a lot of cup nonsense as well. Oh, it seems it's, like it's hard yeah. to just get into it. Yeah, you've got because you've got the um, yeah, the it's the it's the the Carabao Cup. Isn't yeah, it? you've so, got yeah, the Milk so, Cup, and then you've got the Checker Trade. Yeah, and then you've got the international break for us. Yeah, it never. It's it's weird. It's a disappointing. Yeah. And when it starts the first week of August, you're still on your summer holly bobs, aren't you? Yeah, that well, and that's it. And everybody, and everybody is as well. And that's why the crowds are always a little bit down at the start of the season. Yeah, so I think I've seen four games. I've seen Peterborough twice. Yeah, cup and league. Um, I've seen Millwall at home. Millwall in the um yeah, Millwall. Yeah, in the in the cup, and I have seen. Uh, who else did I see? I saw Bristol Rovers away. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. always a nice game, though. Um, Down there, Bristol. And Coventry. So I've seen loads. I don't know what I'm on about. I've seen loads. <laughs> they, didn't they have a really dodgy nickname, Bristol Rovers, back in the day? I don't know. There's the Gas, they're the Pirates. They've got loads of nicknames. I think they were called the Black Arabs or something. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus I think Christ. they had a really like offensive uh, nickname that got slowly morphed into the more general... Pirates, yeah, I think yeah. to try and get away with that. Jesus. Yeah, no, it's a mate of mine who's a Bristol um, City fan, obviously talking about the gas heads. Yeah. So he could have just been lying to me because he hates Bristol Rovers. Either way. Yeah, maybe. Just yeah. spreading disinformation. Exactly, um, yeah, it's quite but, possible. But having watched some of the video footage of their treatment of Matty Taylor when he went mm, back there, yes. um, yeah, they're all scumbags. <laughs> so there <laughs> well, we, go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, every single last one of them. <laughs> nice. No, we had a scumbag in town. Oh, did you? Yeah, we had uh, Charlton at home and Mr. Lee Bowyer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Prowling yeah. the line. Yeah, well, He's we a had, nasty little Yeah, bastard. we had him last season. Yeah. yeah. They're a nasty bunch. Yeah. A team in their manager's image, I would say. Uh, yeah, and I, and I understand that's the case with Fleetwood as well. I mean, it certainly yes. was last season um, with uh, with Joey Barton. Oh, God, yeah, it's so annoying. And you know what? The thing that's frustrating is that it can be quite effective as well, just being a nasty bunch of bastards. Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. Particularly Don't at this like level, it. quite a lot of the most successful teams tend to be the ones who are yeah. prepared to be a bit... Shit. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. To be fair, we've got a bit of that about ourselves oh, really? as well, because our manager's a bastard as well. True. Um, yeah, and true. Yeah, and we've got a bit of that. The, the, the shithousery and the... the, yeah. the um, yeah. And the... the Occasionally leaving a little bit of a leg in from okay. Jamie Mackey and the, yeah, the yeah. gamesmanship and the going down. And when the game is actually happening, this happened against Coventry, I think it was. When the game is actually happening, we were on the attack. Him running over and having a go at the fourth official. Fucking come oh, on, mate. Jesus. Like, like, you know, you appreciate a little bit of that. Yeah. There's a little bit of that that works wonders, but know when to rein it in. I know. You know. We leave all of that. We've got this we've got this assistant manager. I think his name is Jorge Mendez. That's this a fella. Good name. Uh all he seems to do is basically rail on the fourth official. That's his job. Yeah. All he does is scream and shout at him all game and he gets a yellow card every single yeah. game, this guy. <laughs> it's quite amazing. And our manager never says a word. And I think that's really all it is. It's like I don't want to be that guy. You take the responsibility and just shout at him <laughs> for me on my behalf. There's a, there's actually a, a picture of um, Carl Robinson uh, berating the fourth official, um, and honestly, it's it's horrible. Like because I'll see if I can find it when yeah. when you're having a chat in a minute. Um, uh, he is like right in his face, and it is the most kind of viciously angry, aggressive like face that. on Carl Robinson. Yeah, yeah. And like 
to a point you understand and accept the the, the passion over spilling and, sure. and things like that because we all get a bit frustrated and stuff. But but this is I mean it's venomous. It's it's honestly it's horrible. It's there's really no horrible. And I think there's a little window into a part of his well, personality. And Steve Evans, obviously the king of that yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Carl because. Um, Oxford United not had the greatest start. Haven't won in four league games now. I think. Yeah, well, we've only won. Yeah, just one league. of the seven, right, yeah. so far. So, what's going on? Um, because lots of goals have been going in. I've seen some beautiful goals again. It's interesting. It's interesting. We so we 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 started actually quite solidly. Um, and uh, first three games, including the, the cup, we um didn't concede from open play, scoring the odd goal here and there, and we thought, yeah. well, actually, well, this is this is looking pretty good i said i said in the last episode uh that where i think we're weakest in terms of our kind of strength and depth is at the back and at the front and i was really really pleased because we were keeping clean sheets more or less and we were scoring the odd goal enough to win football matches and so those are our weakest areas and therefore and that's where we're currently succeeding so it's great um we suddenly stopped performing at the back yeah. and we suddenly started shipping goals um I, I actually funnily enough i i i think our problem is is one of the areas of the pitch where we've got too many options almost and that's midfield yeah because carl yeah. robinson doesn't seem to be able to kind of settle himself on personnel um and 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 he seems to be he he's he's absolutely determined to have his kind of two screening midfielders yeah. um and then uh kind of a number 10 two wide players and a lone striker um and he seems to kind of try and with his the fit players that he's got available to him he's trying to squeeze them all in anywhere he possibly mm. can to, to the point where we're seeing shandon baptiste pushed out kind of wide yeah. um in the last game up at fleetwood um we're seeing ben woodburn being bounced all over the pitch at the moment which i don't think is good for him i think no. i I'm, i don't think we're deploying him at all well i don't think he's had that much impact he scored a goal he's he's played okay you can tell he's a decent player yeah. but i don't think he's he's quite there and i think that's because he's not being deployed to his strengths and we're just chucking him wherever wherever mm. Carl Robinson suddenly feels like we find space. Yes. I think um we're we're not getting funny enough, even though he scored three goals um and one in the in the trophy, I don't think we're getting the best out of Cameron Brannigan uh, because he's being one of those screening defenders, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and this is exactly what we were saying at the start end of last season. The biggest problem is we're we're playing with people yeah. like Cameron Brannigan out, out of position. We're playing them too defensively. He wants to get forward. He's got lots to provide going forwards for Oxford United. He's like an engine room. Stick him in the middle mm. and attack in midfield and well, position. So I only saw the highlights from, from the Fleetwood game, but I, but I had a look and it looked like the Fleetwood midfield was just overrunning the Oxford midfield yeah, and, and being very direct, running through the midfield and those two players were dropping back too deep and then confusing the defence almost because you've got you know two extra players there. And yeah, it looked a little bit too easy to kind of carve through that midfield. And we and we have we have deployed quite a lot of players in that, mm, those defensive yeah. roles. So we played Jamie Hansen, Cameron Brannigan, um, uh, Alex Gorin, Anthony Fort. No, sorry, I'm reading the wrong bit. What's his name? I can't remember the new guy's name. Um, Thorn, George Thorn. Thorn. Yeah. Um, and we and we there's a whole bunch of players who we've all played in in those defensive midfield positions, and it is I don't know it's it, it's not currently sticking mm. and. It's weird because it's where we're strongest in terms of the number of players we've yeah. got. But I always yeah. think I always think we've got too many players, and Carl Robinson doesn't really know how to set it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, we had we had a similar problem at the early stages of last season, where you had a manager who could never find the right m- right mixture, and so it would be a different mixture every week. Yeah. And he'd be like, well, maybe this guy. If we put this guy in there, maybe we'll do this guy and then we'll do that guy. And then it's like, well, it's never going to settle if you're constantly changing it, you know? And no. nobody knows if they're in or out. That was one thing that always felt under Clement. Players need to know if they're in the first team. Yeah. They kind of need to know, you know? It's like, well, I'm on the first team and I'm going to get picked as long as I continue that performance. And then the guys behind that are like, I'm on the bench. I need to step up my game and show them something special and I can move up there. But when every week you could be in or out, 
It's and, a funny position to be in as a and, player, isn't and it? It's, and, and because it doesn't appear to be based on, on merit or performance yeah. or anything like that, you don't know whether or... Exactly. You, you don't know where you stand. You don't know yeah. whether or not you're, you're playing for, you know, for, for, for whatever reason. Um, play a howler and be back in next week. And <laughs> yeah. No idea, really. Um, but interestingly, uh, another area we're struggling a little bit um, is... Uh, and, and, I've, and we'll come on to this stats thing later on. But yeah. um, I've been looking... I've been tracking some kind of the basic stats that that, that are kind of publicly available and we have conceded now I think it's uh, I'm going to actually look at it we've conceded 17 goals in uh, the cup and league um, and uh, basically like over a third of those um, by by far and away the biggest kind of block is headers Mm. and we've conceded over a third of our goals as headers and and we've got two very tall centre halves and they're being out jumped yeah. in the middle of the penalty I, I area I think there's always a especially if you go to games and don't watch them on the telly and you don't have that concept of you don't get the commentary obviously you don't get the analysis after the game you just go to the game and you see it as you see it right and often yeah. what you take away is your gut feeling as to how the performance went and I think whenever you concede from set pieces or from headers, it logs a little seed in your brain as being like, well, we could have stopped that one. Yeah. And it, and it kind of sticks in there. And then you walk away thinking, we always fucking concede from corners. Well, it's it's really funny because my friend was actually saying, he, he was saying, like, bloody hell, they keep getting out jumped. We've got this, <laughs> yeah. we've got um, Elliot Moore, who's like six foot 15. Yeah. Um, and he's constantly being beaten in the air. And I sort of said, yeah, you've got a point, but I think there's more to our problems than that. But by far and away, the biggest the biggest mm. way we're conceding goals is headers. And we do we do keep getting beaten in the air. Um, and, but I think, you know, that is, uh, uh, you know, the... The, the greatest Oxford United blogger there is, Ox Blogger, yeah. um, was pointing out that, that we've lost Curtis Nelson, who is a championship defender, uh, and we've we've got Rob Dickey, who was really starting to come good alongside an absolutely excellent quality centre-half. Yes. All of a sudden, you've got this junior centre-half, and he's got a new guy in mm. next to him. This new guy has come in. He's been playing in Belgium for a year. Prior yeah. to that, he'd been playing in the under-23s in the championship in the Premier League. Um, this this guy's come in, suddenly being asked to do it in the kind of rough-and-tumble, brutal world of League One football. It's going to take a while for those guys to get... And don't get me wrong, I reckon, you know, I think I've seen enough of Elliot Moore to think that he, he looks like he probably yeah. could be decent. But got to give him time. I mean, Rob Dickey was a little bit wayward when he was first yeah. at Oxford. Che yeah. Dunkley was as well, and he came was basically one of everybody's favourite centre halves that was at Oxford now. So I don't know. There's still it's still early days. There's still they they got to, they need to bed in, and I think yeah. that's one of the problems is, is that we did all of our transfer work really bloody late in the summer. Yes, and yeah, it, I don't think people quite appreciate that. You know, there's a theory. <laughs> that I heard the other day that some teams sign late in the summer to not have to pay the extra six weeks wages or really whatever. yeah Crikey. yeah and can you imagine if you're at that level where it's like we, know, we want to get this guy but we want to get him on the 30th of July because otherwise we've got to pay him for a July when he's not playing but you're going to end up paying him for the July at the other end of well, the season well quite quite <laughs> um, but I can totally believe that at some levels that is a genuine concern yeah, because yeah. when you tot up you know the, the salary of 10 oh, players yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. a significant amount of money but the, the the impact on that is massive because you turn up we had the same problem ours was because of the the ban that we had with the ffp thing but once they started signing them they started signing them a week before the first game of the season oh yeah i mean yeah some of them half hours are coming after the first game yeah. of the season what um, can you expect really and we're still you know we were still making signings a week before the second deadline yeah you know and and it's um yeah it's <clears throat> you know i, I kind of the argument put forward by Carl Robinson was that um, that you what you want to wait till you've got the right players. Um, you wait till you've got the right players rather than going early and trying to bring anybody in. There okay. were people he wanted to get in. He waited and he played the long game. Sure. So you wait for the right players to become available rather than just buying early. Get that totally. That makes that makes perfect sense. That doesn't sense. jive with then starting the season and changing the team every five. Yeah, minutes. and also you know also we did that with Sam Smith last season. You know we we chased him all summer. We brought him in. Didn't work out. Yeah, really, really didn't work out. Partly because he was not the kind of player we needed. So Christ knows why we were chasing him all summer. Yes, um, yeah, but yeah. so you know, in in and so so we were so so one could make that argument. That we were doing that, we were hanging on to the last minute, so we get the right players in. 
But well, that means we are inevitably going to have a, a, a pretty ropey start to the season. Um, mm. Whether that is the only issue, the main issue, not sure. I think there are other things at play. But, um, but you know, either way, started first few games quite strongly. Yeah. The biggest concern, and I'm not I'm honestly actually not too worried. I'm not like I was last season. I was spitting feathers last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not quite as bad a start as it was last season, but sure. Um, but it's flattering to deceive again for Carl <clears> Robinson. <throat> it feels like because, like you said, it started quite well, and then you get three, you know, fairly poor results in the bag after that, and it's just one of those managers you wonder when. He's actually going to come in with that run, and all he ever seems to do is just save himself just enough. Well, you know, little patches. We're like, oh, there's a patch of four wins, and all of a sudden things look good, but then there'll be six losses and two draws left. And that's what happened last season. Every, I mean, I kept saying this, and like, at no point do you ever want your your club to do badly or to lose football matches. But it was there was a sense of frustrating a little bit, frustration a little bit, because there yeah. are moments where he could have been a game away from being sacked, and then we'd pick up a win in a couple of draws and yeah. then all of a sudden it's oh maybe we're turning a corner and then we'd just get enough for everyone to think yeah. oh no actually there's something in this side and then we'd go on a really bad run again um and that just kept happening patches all the way through yeah. the season then obviously we went on that incredible run at the end of the season and it was an yeah. excellent run yeah, yeah. So yeah. no, you can't take anything away from from everybody involved in that including Carl Robinson yeah. um because you know, they were all involved and and it was really good but the, the the problem is is that, that some of some of the things that I'm looking at out there at the moment on the pitch remind me an awful lot of the things that were going wrong at the start of last season and that's and that's the worrying thing is we don't yeah. seem to have learned from the, the the problems that happened last season. That's what you want to see. You want to see you want to see improvement right all the time. Mm. It's like anything, any job, if at your work or whatever, things might be shit every now and again, but all you want to see is some level of improvement yeah. all the time. So things get slightly better over time. And that's why oftentimes football fans, it reaches that point where you're like, we need major change. We need like a new manager or or new board or whatever it is to try and switch it. And the thing that I think you need most of all, especially when you support, you know, a less fanciable team, is you just want your team to have a philosophy. You want them to have a thing. You want to go to the game thinking, win or lose, we're playing in a way. Like, we've got a style, we've got a thing that we're trying to achieve here, something to, to work towards. When you've got a team like we had at the start of last year, nobody knows what it's all about. They don't no. know what kind of football you play. The manager doesn't appear to know. And you turn up every week and you're like, well, I don't even know what I'm going to look at here, you know? Yeah, this is just yeah. a bunch of lads kicking a ball around. I mean, I think I think it is slightly different for us in that in that there is definitely a distinct style and a, di- yeah. a distinct attitude to the game that we that we have under Carl Robinson. And when it's effective, it's it's it is it's good to watch when it's effective and it's it's going positively. It can also be a horrible game to watch because because all those things that you hate about those are that those te- those really nasty teams that come to you, the ones that roll around on the floor when they're taking the slightest yeah, touch, yeah, the ones yeah, yeah. the ones that go down injured near the touchline and then crawl off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who are constantly in the in the defender's face and then like like leg it forty yards over to bark mm, yeah. at the referee, all of those things. That's that's part. That's an integral part of our game, and that's one of the biggest problems I'm always going to have with Carl yes. Robinson. Even if yeah, we are yeah. top of the table, yeah. it, there's still going to be an awful lot of the game that I'm watching that I don't like because you I don't, don't like, like teams who play yes. that. I've always yeah. taken against them. We our fans used to go mental with with um graham wesley stevenage and we are you know probably not quite as bad as that but but we play yeah. that kind of football the kind of football we used to we used to berate stevenage for and we used to kind of lord it over thinking we were so high and mighty because yeah, yeah, we didn't yeah. reduce ourselves to that kind of football but but it's right there it runs every, through everything that we do and and so that's always going to take the edge off the the, the excitement yeah. for me unfortunately i've got a totally separate question for you yes. switching gears here um, oh, I've kicked the table. That was changing gear. Yeah, literally manual gear. Manual gearbox. Um, Kassam has obviously very negative connotations to the club mm-hmm. today. The stadium is still called the Kassam Stadium, and fans always call it the Kassam. Is there not? Is there not margin for the fans unofficially to give the stadium another name so they can turn up to the ground, call it something totally different as a kind of fuck you to Kassam? 
and to take yeah. ownership of it back to themselves. Well, yeah, it's a, that is an interesting topic of conversation. So mm. the, the club actually don't refer to it as the Kassam Stadium. Oh, really? The club refer to it as the stadium <laughs> or, and or Grenoble Road, which okay, is where okay, it is. Okay. So they'll, the, the club actually will say, welcome to Grenoble Road, welcome to the stadium. There are some fans okay. who... There are some fans who won't refer to it as the Kassam Stadium. When we used to do the Jack FM commentary, yeah. we used, I think we used to call it the United Stadium or something okay. like that because okay. so, we wouldn't, didn't want to give Kassam the... Ah, the, there you go. The, That's the, interesting. The so, that, so it is happening to an extent. Yeah, it is happening. Although um, uh, a friend of mine made the point that we've got really bad relations with Kassam. To be fair, we always have had bad yeah. relations yeah. with Sam, Kassam because we have completely polar... Um, kind of interests yes you know yes. what is good for us is bad for him and vice versa yeah, so yeah. so so we're always going to struggle against a kind of a hard-nosed businessman who who whose interest is in extracting yeah, money from money you in his pocket, yeah. um but um but yeah um friend rosie uh, well, girlfriend rosie made the point that um we are this guy is this guy is basically we are totally beholden to this man he is he is the man that we can't, you know, we he has all power over us. Mm. Why do we go and do the? Why does the club go and do tiny, tiny little kind of little things like that that probably piss him off? Yeah, it's like yeah. a little dig. Okay. Yeah. It's like a yeah. little take. You you go in and having these kind of negotiations around the yeah. table. We're saying right, well, you know, well, you know, we want to we want to build relations with Feroska Sam. You always see chairman after chairman after chairman saying build relations. Our current chairman in, 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 in ownership have said that at least five times since they've been here in a year and a half. If we're going to build relations, really, really build bridges with Feroska Sam. And yet the club then continually refused to, to acknowledge his existence by mm. say, it's just little things. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't I actually think that has a real genuine impact on it, but at the same time, at the same time, it is quite symbolic, but, yeah. um, but, Nevertheless, I mean, the most important thing they can do is just get out of there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Anything else on the Oxford side before we move on to other topics? Um, Probably. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I could I could I could win John at length about all kinds of things. Well, before I, probably won't. I will talk about I will talk about. Um, um, Let's talk about stats before we move okay. on. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's talk about stats. So tell me, you have just launched a new project. Yeah, so I, I, I thought about doing this last season, but I, I thought about it much too late in the season to do it. So I started doing it this season, um, and I don't really know why. Um, and it is you a just project. wanted to give yourself loads of extra work. To yeah, do. basically, yeah. yeah, to track Oxford United stats. So it's, this is just stats that are publicly available. I think is you, this really driven by your love of, of spreadsheets? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like um, during the Euro, no, the World Cup, I was part of a score prediction league where you got different points for. You get got points for getting the first goal scorer, um, yeah. get points for getting the score right, get points for getting the right result but not the right score, the right goal difference, all of yeah, that kind nice. of stuff. And so I created this extraordinarily complicated <laughs> spreadsheet. Never done anything with spreadsheets before in my life. And I made this thing where it, or you just put the person's prediction in yeah. and it type tally you put the score of the final result in and it just tallies everything up and it's very complicated very yes. proud of it i thought this is fun <laughs> like some massive loser um so i thought well you know you look at like like think people like opta like opta joe they have the you know oh 58 percent of um man united skulls they've conceded this season are all from headers yeah and then they have that crappy little that little word they do at the end <laughs> like um and um and i thought well Nobody ever does that for the lower leagues. You know, Very you true. occasionally get if if your lower lower league team makes the headlines, they'll do something. So I imagine if you go on up to Joe right now on Twitter, they'll mm. probably do, be doing something about um, Danny Cowley. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, and his time at Lincoln City because he's just left. So they'll yeah. probably have some like kind of snippy little stat about that. So I thought. Wouldn't it, I wonder if we could, uh, we could set up an account that just does that week in, week out for nice. Oxford United. Nice. So I've got this ridiculously large spreadsheet um, where I in, enter all of the all of the publicly available data okay, um, yeah. from 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 the game. So just things, basic stuff like dates, competition, and then the the, the score, um, who starts, who gets substituted off, who gets substituted yeah. on when the subs are happening. Um, who's scoring, when they're scoring, who's getting booked, when they're getting booked, um, 
who's who's conceding the penalties, who's yes, saving penalties, okay, who's okay. scoring penalties, who's winning penalties, um, how we're scoring, left-footed goals inside okay. the area, headers outside the area. So as you've been um, gleaning these stats, yeah. is there anything that stood out straight away as you started kind of working through them? So uh, I don't know if anything has massively stood out straight away because obviously one of the, the biggest issues with this kind of thing is that the, the more data you have, the more meaningful it is. Because, sure. you know, just yeah. statistical data, it's not particularly meaningful when you've only got, like, yeah. three entries. But And you're working on just this season, then, so far? It's just this season. I have actually okay. started entering the stats. I've got a fresh spreadsheet, and I've started entering the stats from last nice. season. Okay, so cool. we'll have a, a whole bank of last season stats cool. that we can compare against. But I tell you what, that's miserable, <laughs> entering the stats from last season. <laughs> I bet it is, yeah. Um, so uh, what was I looking at? So, so one, of the, one of the nice... Again, this is not huge. This is nothing like groundbreaking or earth-shattering or anything like yeah. this. But um, prior to the last game, can we... we I, I, I had decent chance to look when we were scoring and conceding in games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out we'd only conceded once the opening 25 minutes all season. Good. And, that's, and, and do you know what? That's, that's actually, that's actually significant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you're yeah. actually saying, well, look, we're starting games solidly, even when we're playing badly. We're starting games solidly, actually. Yeah. There's something to, maybe something for the, for the side to build on there. Yeah, we sure. were conceding a lot just before and just after half-time. And so they, they, well, is it's that a concentration, concentration issue? issue? You'd have thought so, yeah. You know, yeah, um, yeah. And, and so, and again, a lot of this is correlation rather than causation. You don't know how much of that is. Sure, but that's what data does for you, isn't it? It does, time. absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, so, um, and, and one of the other things we, I mean, again, you don't really need to look at graphs to, to no, notice this, but we're most likely to score in the final 15 minutes. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Interestingly, actually, somebody pointed out that um, just before the break and just before the uh, end of the game statistically across the whole league that is where most people are scoring really? okay yeah, um, it makes sense although although one of the one it does all of those things do include injuries so you break the game up into 15 minute blocks okay and the ones towards the end of the first half and the end of the second half include ex- injury time they're longer yes, so okay. statistically yes. you're more likely to get goals so you've got to take yeah, stuff like yeah, that yeah, into yeah, consideration yeah, that makes sense yeah. um one of my favourite ones is the um, is the goal scoring efficiency thing. So it's how many goals somebody is scoring per versus minutes on the pitch. Okay. Because normally it's just per game, per start, yeah. per appearance. But I'm actually calculating how many minutes they're on the pitch. So I'm tracking how many okay, minutes cool. they've played. Yeah. And so um, who's the most effective player <clears throat> per minute? Well, when I first did goals? it, well, it's Cameron Brannigan because he scored three goals. Everybody yes, else okay. has only scored yeah. one goal. Let me just quickly go to the the, the live stats. <laughs> um, so, oh no, hang on, player stats. So at the moment, um, goals per minute. Um, it is GPM. Oh, sorry, are minute, you giving it like a little thing? Hashtag GPM. It's minutes per goal rather oh, than shit. goals per minute. But um, hang on, it's, minutes it's, per goal. That's MPG. That's perfect. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So um, the best. Oh, actually, no. <laughs> no the, the 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 best minutes per goal at the moment. Yeah. So um, is. Is is actually uh, Fankety Darbo, the Coventry, you know, the Coventry City defender, who scored two own goals against us, um, and has only appeared for ninety minutes for us. So um, yeah, so but OG always a strong contributor. <laughs> yeah. So apart from yeah. OG, um, which is still our second lead goal scorer, <laughs> um, is actually Mark Sykes. Oh, okay. Um, because he's scored one goal and has played one hundred and eighty minutes. Um, Cameron Brannigan is next. Um, and he is uh, uh, a goal every 229 minutes. So where do people need to go to get hold of these hot stats? So uh, there's a website, which is oxstats.co.uk. At the moment, I'm just running that as a a bit of a... just as a blog at the moment, where I I pick out some stats, and I'll just write a little blog about those stats. But also, actually, like... And I'm probably going to run this mostly on on Twitter. I've got Instagram as well. I don't know how to use that very well, but um, Instagram and Twitter, and it's at OUFC Stats on both of those. So so get on there. I've actually posed a little bit of a teaser. So I posed it just before we went... uh, We started recording. Um, And uh, I've said to people they have to listen to Worldy Pod. Oh, you're going to give them the answer. Okay, Um, good. So... 
Um, hello to all of you who are listening <laughs> to the Worldie Pod for the first time. Um, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Um, so the so I'll let you have a little. I asked you this yesterday you to did. see whether or yes. not you're going to figure it out. So here's here's the question uh, for those who have, you haven't seen it. Um, so for Oxford United, the top five players in terms of minutes on the pitch this season have a joint total of three thousand six hundred and eight minutes of game time so far this season. What can you? A, name all five of those players, and B, tell us what do those players have in common. So now, I, I had a think about this. Now, I can't name all five. <laughs> no, no, that's And the reason. But what I can do is I can name three and give you the reason. And I've picked the three because it supports my reason. Okay. <laughs> my link. So, um, Elliot Moore, Cameron Brannigan, and Benny Woodburn were my were the three that I thought have played a lot of minutes yeah. and contributed in various ways over those games. And I also know that all three of those guys were signed from Premier League clubs and that was my that was my link. So who were they? So it was Cameron Brannigan, Elliot ben, Moore, Elliot Moore and, Moore and uh, ben Woodburn. Benny Woodburn. So um no, um, Ben Woodburn <laughs> and Elliot Moore. So Ben Woodburn is ninth in terms of minutes on the pitch, oh, okay. and Elliot Moore is eleventh. Oh no way! Okay. Um, Cameron Brannigan is fifth. Um, so that's one of them. So the 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 five are yeah Simon Eastwood, of course yeah Josh Ruffles yeah Rob Dickey mm-hmm. Cameron Brannigan yeah James Henry James Henry okay and. All five of those. Any any ideas? Any any? I mean, you probably would. You're probably unlikely to, to on, know it. Not being come, an Oxford fan. Come on, give it to us. Um, none of those were signed by Carl Robinson. <laughs> very very good. And I bring that up because it's it's actually a bone of contention for Rosie. She bangs on about it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> the there fact, you go. But, the fact that you know, and it's it's a point about whether or not um, <laughs> Carl Robinson can actually cut it in the transfer market. Interesting. Um, I've I ha- I ha- I've actually broken down um, the players that he's brought in and brought out and yeah. um, and let go, and half of our current match day squad well not match day squad half of our 25 who are in the kind of first team rotation half of them are not his signings very Which, really and, interesting and, i mean don't get me wrong that could be spun as a good thing in that he's recognized the quality we have there and he hasn't just churned yeah, people yeah. out for yeah. the sake of it yeah. which is financially efficient and all of those things sure um one could also argue that the most of the signings he's made are rubbish and have all left <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair actually i think i only make it only three players that he's actually signed as signings have left uh, most of the people who have then been out the door have been loan players so. well if you enjoy that that little stat there and want more oxford related stats go to Ox, no, OUFC stats. Yeah, on so Twitter and on Instagram. On Twitter and Instagram and uh, www.oxstats.co.uk. Beautiful. Um, on that topic, just another <laughs> yeah. thing that was going around on the WhatsApp the other day. So we were talking about how it was very exciting that the Oxford and Reading very, very, very nearly drew each other in the League Cup. It was, it was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> so Reading were drawn. So the draw was Wolverhampton Wanderers, Reading. And then Oxford. Yeah. So if just one ball away, and we could have had the ultimate tie. It would have been the uh, the worldy pod, the worldy pod match. It would have been. And so for that reason, the topic on the WhatsApp got onto: Could we, if the game happened, what would it take to sponsor, in some respect, yeah, the match uh, at the Kassam Stadium, yeah. right? And so I looked online, and I was, I was, I was, I was getting quite excited. It's it's quite achievable. And the perks that go along with the sponsorship are actually pretty good. Right, what do we get then? So if you pay, if you wanted to do the match ball sponsor, right? so sponsor the match ball, I think it was like, it was just over a £1,000 or something, pretty reasonable. You get a 10-man box to begin with. And I was like, hold on. I was starting to do the maths. I was like, we can eat, we could fund this yeah, quite yeah. quite easily. I think you get the box, you get some food thrown into that, and then one thing that I like in the description it says cash bar included. <laughs> you can't include a cash bar; no. it's just a bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I've still got access to the cash bar without the sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't, um, but you get your you do get the you do get the drink through the match though. Yes, that's a bonus, isn't it? Because you have got your own little isn't technically yeah. a seat. Yeah, so you're, you're not allowed, allowed to drink. 
not allowed to take the drink out into the uh, so you onto your you, little mini terrace. You, yeah, you yeah. mini terrace with your fold down seats. You can't take your drink out there, but you can just stand in, in the, the window like a big pissed. wig. Yeah. yeah. So you get that, and um, you get uh, your logo on the cover of the match programme. Nice. Plus a quarter page ad in the programme. Nice. Uh, it's tempting, isn't it? It's pretty good. Um, and you get to walk out on the pitch at the start of the game. Yeah. Two representatives of your group. So I thought you and I could stride out there. <laughs> you in a red Me in a red No, me dressed up as Kingsley. <laughs> <laughs> me just with I hate Carl Robinson on the back. Yes. <laughs> Welcome our match sponsors today, the Worldy Podcast. Um, yeah, so I thought that's actually quite tempting. So you never know if it happens. FA Cup. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, did you did you go through in the? No, I think we're out. Oh, you went out. Well, that was. Yeah, sorry about that. No, uh, well, the oh, league yeah. cup, the league cup's still going. So we've got we've got Wolves. Well, I mean, we're going to lose that, obviously. But um, yeah, if, if 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 in some if in some crazy world you've got West Ham, haven't you? We have got West Ham. Yeah, we'll beat them. So so if you beat West Ham and we beat Wolves, yeah. Off it's we on. pop. It's on. It's, it's on. It's on. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I've, I've done the match. The only trouble with that is if you do, I don't know, if you do the match sponsorship rather mm-hmm. than the match ball sponsorship, yeah. you, you have to pick the man of the match. And there's a lot of pressure oh, on that. Like but it's that, not the man though. of the match. It's the play. It's the Oxford United. We could outsource it live on Twitter, though, couldn't we? We could crowdsource the man of the match. Do you know what? I'd probably want to do that. I wouldn't yeah. want to take the responsibility for it. Yeah. Like because I, what I once did, like. Like during match hospitality thing for for somebody stag do it it was a, a you know like it was like LDV Vans trophy game <laughs> yes, yeah. um and uh and uh, and because there was I got really I mean it's a stag do so I got really drunk anyway Obviously. but I have no way I would have been able to pick who was the man of the match <laughs> which is what, honestly why I think you often get really strange decisions yeah. for the man of the match is because the people are so pissed they've been watching the football yeah. they go oh you've got to pick man of the match I don't know yeah. who have you heard of and that's yeah, where exactly. you go with um but um but yeah and also there's Sometimes you have those games where the performance has been absolutely yeah, you can't, wretched you just can't from pick start someone. to finish. And I occasionally, when it's been that bad, they put it out on Twitter saying, really glad I'm not choosing the man of the match for this game. <laughs> and then the, the, the man of the match thing comes out and everybody goes, what? <laughs> what? Was he even playing? <laughs> so yeah, so there you go. So anyway, I'm going to keep that one on the back burner. Yeah, the old match sponsorship because I think that could be a fun little treat for us. Maybe if we get enough, if we get enough listeners and people engage with us, the only, get us excited. We'll the, be on only, there. the only problem is, is if we do that because we'll suddenly get a lot more exposure. We're really going to have to up our we game. We are going to have to. <laughs> we're going to have to. Have to have to I mean, even just putting a, a couple of tweets out today, I suddenly feel like I'm sat there like talking to the people who have just tuned in for the first time, thinking I've not really been on my game. <laughs> this is this has not been one of our better podcasts. I'll tell you what, go back. I listened to the last episode. If yeah. you've been listening to this and think these guys are shit, not going to listen yeah. to this again. Listen to our last one. Our last one was brilliant. Yeah, it was absolutely. It's because John was here. John yeah, was exactly. the, he's the he's the man. He's but. the man. Piece. Right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about Reading before we go on yep. to my secret hidden topic for the for the final, okay, final okay. ten minutes. Um, not really about football, but just about club stuff. Okay. The club has made a genuine effort to change and be better this year as part of this new management regime and the whole new thing. And uh, one of those things includes the addition of extra food vans before the game. Nice. Now, you know, the the pre-match experience is not bad at Reading. There's a big screen you can watch the pre, the lunchtime uh, Premier yep. League game or Championship game on. There's uh, different beer vans. You can get lager, you can get ale. There's a little music thing. Kids can have a little dance and listen to music. You can uh, shoot into a goal and all that stuff. It's pretty good. Yeah. I, it, I, in, you know, I've been to a couple of Reading games um, last season and... And I, I said this to you at the time. It, there's just a bit of atmosphere. Yeah. It's not. It's nothing earth shattering. No, but, it's but there's somewhere to go and congregate. To get with you there for half an hour before on. the game. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And what they've done with that, they've been working with the Blue Collar Food, which is a really good uh, food um, events planning guy who who does stuff in the centre of Reading, where there's all these food vans that come out every Wednesday and Friday. Mm-hmm. And it's a whole different variety of things, all kinds of different world foods from all over the world. And there's like uh, there's like vegan stuff, there's like crazy meats, you know, you can get ostrich burger and all that kind of crazy stuff. And, and now they've got them up at the Mad Sad as well. Okay. So as well as having your Borgo standard burgers and hot dogs, you can yeah. actually get half decent food before the game cool. so I was like that is well good 
So that has been excellent. And the guys that we were kind of taking the piss out of at the start of last season, the Club 1871, who are trying to turn themselves into a like, supporters club yeah. who creates a bit of atmosphere in one end of the ground, are doing it every week. And they're turning out in great numbers. They've got flags. And they've got a fantastic flag. They didn't have it last week, but they had it before, which was a quote from uh, the office of Ricky Gervais, where Finchie's giving him shit for not being a proper football fan and he and he just goes guilty I sport reading and so that's <laughs> just brent on this giant flag which is really good so those guys are doing very very well and all of these things together amongst a bunch of other community programs that the club is working on um including a signing that happened in town the other day with yeah. the players and the manager down there everyone is like into it it's yeah, really yeah. good it's yeah. got a very positive feel and they're going back to being like we want to be a community club and we want to engage with that and we want to be friendly and promote lots of really good stuff. And that's working out really well. And the ladies team is doing fucking brilliantly, including beating Liverpool yesterday, oh, which nice. was fantastic. Farrah Williams, absolute wonder free kick. Amazing. Yeah. No, that's, well, that's, that's really good to hear. And, and do you know what? We've, we've been through cycles of that kind of thing at Oxford. Um, I, I think, and I mentioned this in, in last, last, last week's or the last episode, I, th- I think they're starting to pick it up again and they're starting to get back, onto the, back on the ball with that kind of stuff. It's not just, it's not just fan engagement because cause lots of fans, oh, you know, we need more fan engagement. What they, need, what they mean is they want the, the club to talk to them on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but there's... Like initiatives and stuff happening. One yeah. thing, one of the things, sorry, that uh, Rosie was talking about last year was putting, um, you know, women's hygiene products and stuff in the bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. We've started doing that as well, and it's yeah. all those little things. It's like lots of little improvements. The um the little thing, and I, and I, I imagine Kasam is probably the person who's kind of put a stop to this because it usually is. But one thing they used to do, uh, they did. In, in in the the, the the period when we were doing really well, kind of fifteen sixteen kind of time under Michael Appleton, um, uh, and we had a really good full time support liaison officer um, who, you know, and to be fair, actually she'd done a really good job because she what she did was she spoke to fans on Twitter in yeah. a slightly kind of slightly flirty way, <laughs> and, and and she made herself kind of you know personally available. Yeah, sure. So so she was a bit of a face as well. So so she was really popular from that respect, and she put a lot of legwork into into Twitter. No, no not on Facebook though. Weirdly, mm. no, nobody people who weren't on Twitter had no idea who oh, she really? was. Okay, okay. But for the t- Twitter community, it was enough to kind of generate some kind Get of good feeling and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but some of the stuff that she did, I think, was ignoring the you know the tweet stuff some of the stuff that i think she she got involved in which was really good was uh things like arranging like these one of those kind of beer buses that would nice. come it's when the weather was nice they used to get the beer bus to come and stand and it was just a, an additional yeah. place to go no that's right because there's fucking you've got one van basically yeah. it's but, not great is it and and you know it's either that or you have to go over to like one of the bowling alleys and around the bowling like that before. yeah and it's just just somewhere where somewhere that's exclusively for football supporters exactly, yeah. that that and not in the, the quadrangle bar is the most sterile horrible yeah. place it's just it just it just needs something you do you need know? Something. it, it just, needs to be sort of connected somehow to the football club because there is because i've met you before in the bowling alley before a game and there's something incongruous about going in the bowling alley before the football sitting in that kind of pink cadillac <laughs> thing weird. on those really un, un, uncomfortable seats and stuff and that kind of stuff is fun when you go into an away game yeah like accidentally ended yeah. up in a random place in some yeah. weird town on an away day it's, it, it, it's, it's kind of part of the fun but it's not i mean you know you know we we rosie and i get our food and sit in the car yeah. We just sit in the car and eat it, and then occasionally have a Sad wander around, bastards, and then laugh at the, some of the stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, some of the the the, the you know the, the extra large t shirts in the club shop that, are, <laughs> that don't look very good. Um, and yeah, and then that's it really. Although the new shirt, I've got the new stripy oh, shirt. Oh, nice! Really good. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I got a name on my shirt. It's the first team, first year I've ever done it. Aluko. I got Puska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been great, Sonny Aluko. Got Puska on my shirt, and. I've never ever got an, a, a massive loser. I know this is you massive loser. This is going to be a huge jinx on everything. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I saw on social media: a, he's going, and b, he's 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 peaked and, and is on his way down. He's finished. Yeah, apparently, no. according to that bloke on Twitter, he had, he had one good game. It's over. Yeah, that's it. It's rubbish. Over. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we're going to take a very short break, and then we're going to be back with some more red hot chat. Ruben Loftus-Cheek. 
Yes, we are back to talk a little bit about England because they played in a completely kind of very boring and pointless qualifying game the other day. So, yes. first of all, my first beef. We're going to start with beef. Okay. Because I like to have a bit of beef on my, on my footballing plate. Yeah. Tyrone Mings. Oh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, he made he made the squad. Did he play? Did he no, he didn't it? play. So he was in the squad. But, you know, you're not a fan, even though the guy's he's, he's a good, honest pro. No. He's a good, honest pro. He just wants to go out there and play football, <laughs> respect his fellow man. <laughs> he's an absolute scumbag. <laughs> he's an absolute scumbag, that guy. Uh, went to Villa, already a nasty thing to do. And then, <laughs> and then trod on our man's face. Yeah, busted up his fucking face. Yeah, and that was and that was it was a horror, horror yeah. fucking thing. And there he is playing for it. It's, it's just hard to take that kind of yeah. thing. I can I can accept that. What a what a douchebag. Anyway, so but he didn't you didn't get on the pitch as far as I remember. But I wouldn't probably know because the game was so incredibly dull. It was it wasn't great. Oof. It was very one sided. It was it? a doozy, wasn't it? So this got me thinking about. Um, well, first of all, well done, Harry Kane. If we play these fucking terrible games. And he plays. He's going to score a lot of goals. Yeah, for well, sure. I, well, I mean, you know, he's a he's a fantastic footballer. He takes he, a good, he takes a good penalty. He, really, he cannot miss penalties. Oh. He is physically incapable of missing penalties. <laughs> like the way his body is built, yeah. it won't allow him to miss I think penalties. That his trick is that he's like, I, even if I get the angle wrong, or whatever, I'm just going to leather it yeah. so hard that even if the keeper gets it right, he's not going to save it. Anyway. And the thing is, is he leathers it, um, but it's it, it's always in a place the the. the He's just accurate. Yeah, he's just accurate. The thing I like about him, you know, some players, you think, like, I I always find this balance interesting. Should a player be clever, like smart, like intelligent, both in footballing terms and otherwise, so that they can get they're capable of doing smart stuff? Yeah. Or should they be really really stupid so that they can only just do? Like they've got tunnel vision, like a horse with blinkers on, and they're just too stupid to do anything other than be good at football. Sure, and and I think Harry Kane falls into that latter category. I think he's he speaks like he's got the mind of a child, yeah. but I kind of think that makes him really good because he's like all I know is football, and that's what I'm going to do. Well, okay, you know, on the surface, it pretty stupid, but amazing footballers: Harry Kane, David Beckham, yeah, um, famously intelligent footballers: Graham Lasso and Barry Horn. <laughs> <laughs> that's the answer to our question. Yeah, that's that problem but solved. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very good. Um, some England players that um, that don't seem to be good anymore. Uh, I guess uh, Jesse Lingard didn't play, but has become terrible for mm-hmm. some reason. Scored that beautiful goal, Sweden. Beautiful to curler. <laughs> Can't remember. It's a long time it's ago. A great goal. It's great. Yeah. Though. Nothing since. Um, somebody shared a stat the other day on the chat that was. Uh, he's got fewer goals and assists in the last three years than Adam Johnson, who's been in jail for two of them. <laughs> Which is pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty bad. I mean, it's pretty bad. It's really unfortunate person to be compared to as well. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like not only are you bad footballer, but you're worse than a convicted criminal. It's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. So Jesse, um, and then. <laughs> And then our man Deli Ali. I just don't know what what he does anymore. That fella. I mean, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my neck out here mm. a little bit, and and because I don't watch any Premier League football, yeah. and and I've seen him play for England. You know, maybe 10, 15, 15 times, yeah. maybe something yeah, yeah. like that. I I've never seen enough from him. I think in the World Cup, I think he massively underperformed yeah, in the World I don't Cup. Think he's ever, I don't think he plays for Spurs either much anymore. Does he not? I don't think so. Um, I mean, he's obviously talented. Do you know what I think the secret is? Um, in, in why he's probably fallen off, kind of too much time doing the handshakes. No, no, far too no. much. You know, basically his brain was ruined by Carl Robinson in his formative <laughs> years. <laughs> yeah, that's what's done. <laughs> he set a seed in there that's slowly burrowing away. Um, no, that, that is that. Why he's such a nasty bastard? Because he got taught it by Kr. Yeah, no, I no, I just I I I don't know. It, it, some 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 players it doesn't really happen for. No. Big prediction: Trent yeah. Alexander Arnold. He's going to be the next person he's to really fade good, off. Though. Yeah, he's going to fade off. 
and you're fade off. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying this to We've got some friends who are Liverpool fans and they absolutely love TAA, yeah, so I'm just do. saying to wind them up. You know who I, mean, I do really love? Yeah. Mainly because he's, he's he seems like he's an old-fashioned player but who plays in a modern way, is their left-back, Robertson. The Scottish lad. He's fucking brilliant. I haven't seen it. Two seconds of him playing You football. should watch him because he's really good because he plays in this like really fancy team, you know, right. and he's got a key role fullback who has to be up and down. But I think it's just because of just who he is. He plays in a very old-fashioned style. Did he play in the, I love him. Did he play in the Champions League final? Yes. Because that's the only Liverpool yes, game I've watched in, in, yeah. in recent years and it's the worst game of football yeah. I've ever I, watched I in my watch life. It, it was utterly dreadful. It was so bad, um, I, I was rearranging some kids' <laughs> DVDs and rearranging them so they were in kind of like a rainbow order. Oh, nice. It was really pretty. It made, look, made yeah. the DVDs look like a rainbow. Time that well was spent. more interesting than the Champions League final. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. No. Premier League football is often boring, but this year it is actually improving. I've watched a couple of games that have been quite good, and the quality is improving. And I was listening to a another. I was about to say rival podcast. That is not the case. <laughs> no. They're like a national treasure. We're terrible. Um, but um, I was listening to podcasts, and they were talking um, about a period of time where all Premier League games were incredibly boring. And one of them just said, "Was that when Jose Mourinho was in charge of Chelsea?" It's like, yes. Um, and I remember this one game, and it just spawned one of my favourite headlines of all time. I think it was. Uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool on Boxing Day in like 2014, 15 or something. And it was just die, absolute fucking horrific nonsense, nil-nil. And then the headline on Football 365 afterwards just says, Mourinho ruins Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. (laughs) Yes, he does. But every year. Yeah, Everybody he knows. Just wheel out that headline every year. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, So, was it the Football Ramble? Yes. So, you you were basically (laughs) trying to put us on the the same... (laughs) This hugely... This massive national... Um, like you know, highly commercial. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, basically, we're rivals. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Hey, they uh, Reading got a mensch on the football ramble the other day. They were saying we were shit, but uh, yeah. we still got a mensch. So I'll, okay, I'll take it. Well, I'm looking forward to them saying that Oxford United is shit as well because <laughs> uh, because we are at the moment. Um, and there's yeah. there's another Oxford United podcast is on there? the uh, uh, on the scene as well. Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's it's Tuck Manor, and so it's basically a, lo- a load of um, Oxford United exiles who all now live in Yorkshire. Um, nice. And I've, I've not actually had a chance to listen to it all the way through. I've listened to bits of it. Um, but uh, but I, they might well be listening because because they've been following the uh, okay, stats. Cool, cool. So hello to everybody okay. on well, Tutman if they've listened this far. Uh, we're normally better than this. So have a listen to some of our other uh, <laughs> I like a convoluted episodes. conceit for a podcast as much as the yeah, next yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do that. So there you go. So England won 4-0 again. The last thing I was going to mention on this, just to, just to gauge your opinion okay i think that the qualifiers are a bit pointless now because you're in a group where we're going to win all those games right mm. and they've created this nations league which is just a kind of a little bit of something of nothing because there's not much riding on it for teams like england that have a really easy qualifying group and what i think is really going on is that they're not trying to create this extra tournament to give you something else interesting to to follow with your national team. They're really using it as a back door, a bit like the Champions League UEFA League, UEFA thing, as a back door for teams that fuck up the qualifying to still get into the tournament. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they want Italy and Netherlands to be there, right? Yeah. And I just think now where like for the manager of England, it must be quite frustrating that you're not going to play a really competitive game. For like two years, but and, and and all you can do is turn up and beat Bulgaria and Kosovo four five nil, and it must be quite hard to know to gauge where you are with that team. You're absolutely right, but at least the Nations League is providing a semi-competitive platform where you're you're forced to play against good teams. Admittedly, the way it's been scheduled yeah. means that we haven't had any in the build-up. We're not going to have any in the build-up to the Euros, so we had them prior to the Euro kind of tournament the kind of qualifiers so we've uh, so we so we had that kind of if they could in some way kind of integrate it so it's happening at the same time i think it needs to be more heavily incentivized so there needs to be more on it because you can call a game competitive by calling it competitive but that doesn't mean that that it matters because what 
to make something matter, it needs to have something on it. You know, it needs to have yeah, jeopardy yeah. on it. And my, I was wondering, would it be more? I mean, they would never do this because it would stop big teams going to tournaments. But I think it would be more fun if the smaller teams played similarly level teams regularly in a league and they qualify and then the big teams play each other in this nations league and then you're always playing a big club and there's real jeopardy on it because say only six of the eight teams get to go to the tournament and there's a chance you fuck it up and you lose that would be great but then they risk france not going to the well i mean yeah and and they do and and they wouldn't do that because they don't want the big teams to not go because fewer people will watch it around the world on telly um and but at the same time i mean in in we only, and this is just playing devil's advocate a little bit, we only talk about this this problem with the lack of competition in qualifying in the times when we're playing well. Admittedly, we've, in Euros, for the last however long, we've we, we've basically unbeaten for like four years, ten, eight, ten, ten years. years but, yeah. but, but prior to that, we failed to qualify. Yeah. You know, it's only three tournaments ago, or whatever it is, two and a half tournaments. So we, you know, it's only that we, that we failed to qualify. And, and who, right, rightly so. Yeah. And, and and so, and so you know it's we're currently good. So at the moment, mm. the the European qualifiers look stupid. Yeah. Whereas we have been not quite as good as this in the past, and all of a sudden they've been a pain David in the Beckham ass. David Beckham, Greece. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, so so yeah, you know that's fair point. And yeah. I think it's just just it, 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 you just look at it from your current position, and I and I haven't been paying attention, but. There's always there's always a big hitter that's struggling yeah. in against really bad teams and and so I, I I do kind of take the point a little bit. Um, I also subscribe a little bit and it's a bit patronising, but I do subscribe a little bit to the the point about if um, who are we to deny Azerbaijan or whoever yeah. the the right to have a go at playing some big football yeah. teams to yeah. come to, to yeah. Wembley. Admittedly, Kosovo, we're sending them to St. Mary's rather than Wembley, but... but <laughs> the, fir- the ultimate dish. Yeah. yeah, but 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 who are we to deny those teams their opportunity to play against to play, big international to teams? Because, because we feel it's beneath us to play against... But it's mo- not... But I don't know if it is that, because they turn up and play 10 at the back. So you know they they're well aware of the of the of the situation. Okay, and also counterpoint as well. And, and this is what happened with the um, the addition of the um, like Italy into the Six Nations. Yeah, it's happened. This is why they keep expanding the World Cup, and partly because doing that gets people re-voted, re-elected. But mm-hmm. um, but part part of the argument for those kinds of things is that you are. Those teams are only going to get better by association, by playing against better opposition. Um, now, there's a sliding scale because it's not going. You know, San Marino getting get dicked seven one every every week. Yeah. Every time they play, isn't they going to make them any better? But there are teams further up the scale who wouldn't probably make the cut for for for, be, for, for getting to play in our elite league. Um, but would do benefit and get better for for playing against good opposition. Kosovo now, I mean, we've never played Kosovo before. They're second in our group. Yeah, you know, I was I sort of dismissively said, um, "Oh, well, yeah, we've got Kosovo on Tuesday. Well, it's Kosovo. That, that's not going to be competitive. We're probably going to walk all over them." Um, and and yet they're they're better than everybody else in yeah. our group at the moment. Well, I so- hope I hope they come out and play. I think the reason I was frustrated is because Bulgaria, who used to be somewhat of a force in the past, you yeah. know, great players yeah, like yeah. Stoichkov and, and the like, and they turn up and they don't play. They they do not attempt to play any football against us. And I think that's why I was just frustrated. What I would love to see is smaller teams like Kosovo or whatever when we play. And Slovenia actually did this to us before. They yeah. came out and tried to play some football. And I think that's... Um, they had one good player, I remember Slovenia, Mohamed Besic, who's actually a really good player. And I think because they had one star player, they were like, we could, let's, let's have a go, you know, let's try and play. And I'd love to see that because we're going to be... I'm sorry, it's, it's not patronising on Bulgaria, it's just a fact at the moment. We're going to beat that team. And they might as well come out and have a go and try and catch us with a goal or something. Because otherwise, you end up... I don't think you learn anything. I don't think Bulgaria learn anything about themselves by putting 10 men behind the ball and standing in the box for 90 minutes. You no, know? maybe not. To, to finish that point on a positive, mm. the one thing that is really good, and it's really good about England at the moment, is that we... Um, 
we've got teams sitting behind the sitting behind the ball, ten men behind the ball, impossible to break down or should be impossible to break down. And this is what was happening to us in the Euros yeah. and under uh, what's his name? Um um, Fabio Capello. No, no. Um, well, you did. Roy Hodgson. And Hodgson, yeah. And Roy Hodgson um, was was. Um, we couldn't break. We like couldn't Iceland, break teams couldn't down. Break we couldn't break down, teams yeah. down. Yeah. Um, under under Gareth strong Southgate, muff. under Strong Muffin, it happened in the World Cup. Teams were sitting behind behind the ball. We were breaking them down. Yeah. It might it took a persistence in 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 patience, but we but we always got our win. We yeah. always got yeah, the yeah. win. That we always got the goal that we needed. And and so teams are doing that against us. Um, but in, in in to kind of kind of maybe to reinforce your point, it's a probably a terrible tactic because we're used to teams yeah, doing we're that. We're ready for so it. So we're actually now. ready for that. We're well drilled at beating teams who like who Harry like Kane that. will score many penalties yeah, against exactly. you. Yeah. Right. We've gone incredibly long yeah. from all of our, our wonderful chat. I hope everybody enjoyed that somewhat free form podcast. As the season goes on, we'll get properly back. We don't don't worry if Take it easy. We're going to get back into it. It's all right. We'll get back into it. We'll have some features and we'll have some structure to the pod. Yeah, and we'll have some uh, Reading FC and some Oxford United news for you to make sure that you're covered on on both. I was going to say both sides of the Thames, but we're both on the south side of the Thames. Yeah. So the Southerners. What was I going to? What, what did I say? We should call ourselves the Thamesmen. The Thamesmen. That Isn't... was a, that was a band name from Spinal Tap. Yeah, that was their old their old. Yeah, it was their kind of skiffle group name, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah. Right. So from the Thamesmen, <laughs> uh, we will see you. We'll see you on the next Worldly Podcast. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Cheers, oh, I fucked up the outro again. Yeah, you have I to do you have it to every pre- time. You have to don't press. I? You have to press the button. Press the button now. Shall I press we'll it still, now? Yeah, and when it's got fifteen seconds to go, this is this where... is inside baseball, isn't yeah. it? Yes. And when the 15, when the fifteen seconds ticks, have you got the, the clock on? There? I've got the little clock on it. So when fifteen seconds is there, that's when the big dah. So we talk in. like this, like until right up until that moment, yeah, and then exactly. when you hit the timing perfectly, it will sound really professional. Exactly. Is right. that the best that's way to exactly do it? Exactly how to do it. Okay, cool. Well, I'll make sure that I time it exactly right. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs>